And I get the privilege of welcoming up John Lux, our lead pastor, who's going to share the word with us this morning. Thanks, Dennis. Oh, man. This week, we're going to be talking about honoring collaboration. It's one of our church's relational values. And we're talking about our relational values one week at a time here at the beginning of the year because our relational values define how we relate to one another. They define how we relate to God. And uh, as a people, it's important to have something written down, right? You can't imply that there's a right way to do things without telling people what it is. And uh, we really, we're trying to live up to the relational values we've written down as a church. So this week, honoring collaboration uh, is what we're talking about. Last week, one of my collaborators, Sam Sweeten, got up and preached on radical compassion. It was his first time preaching. He knocked it out of the park. You can grab that on um, our website, I think, in the next couple days. Um, I just want to start at a more vulnerable place. I'm going to say lots of profound things about collaborating, I hope. Um, but before we go there, I just, I just want to kind of take it to the emotional level. Um, in my own life, one of the threads that runs through the great failures that I've lived through is that in general, they were things I attempted to do alone. And if I look at the thread that ties together the successes in my life, in general, those have been things where I was a part of a team. Sometimes I was leading a team, but just as often I was on a team where I just got to do the thing God had called me to with other people. And um, so when I come to this sermon, my personal reflection on it is um, I'm a man who needs to be part of collaboration to win. And it's possible that that is some deficiency in me, but probably there's maybe a more universal truth at work there, um, which is that all of us might find a thread in some of the failures, experiences of failure in our life as things that we tried to do all on our own and in our own strength. And I'd like for all of us to be able to say that there is a string of successes and graceful victories in our life that were the result of collaborating with one another. Amen. All right. Honoring collaboration. Let's break it down. Definition time. Collaboration, co, together. Laboration, working, right? Working together. Collaboration. Honoring, literally just to honor, okay? Showing honor. Um, let me read out our value statement here. It says, Jesus lived with and developed an exceptional team of disciple makers. Their diverse spiritual gifts, talents, and personalities joined together to become the epicenter of the new church, the hope of the world. As Jesus followers, we emulate his process by honoring and empowering the unique grace that resides in every believer. Um, and I'm just going to read quickly here uh, from Romans 12, verse 3 through 5. Uh, this gives us our biblical picture and biblical imagery of what collaboration looks like. Um, all right, this is Romans 12, verse 3 through 5. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, this is Paul speaking, do not think of you more highly than you ought to, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment. In accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you, for just as each of us has one body with many parts, 
and these members or parts of the body do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others, right? So a couple of truths to pull out of that. Number one, the imagery is a single body made up of many parts. And right, what is the, what is the precondition for doing this well? Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought to. Right from the onset, Paul is saying that one of the oppositional forces of becoming a united of ourselves, of Christ as the church, one of the opposing forces to that is thinking of ourselves more highly than we ought to. We're going to circle back around to that a couple times. Um, all right. So that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to join together in the work of the kingdom of God. You know, you've, this is one thing I used to say last fall. I probably said it 30 times. We're not a country club. Actually, Boston has surprisingly many country clubs for a place where there's no, no space to build them, all right? We're not a country club. This is not a place where we come and get our needs met. That's an interesting thing to say, right? This is not a place to come to get our needs met. We are the body of Christ, inhabited by the spirit of Christ, and that body is living out the beautiful mission of Jesus in the earth. And the crazy thing is that our needs, our need for friendship, our need for belonging, our need for purpose, get met by accident when we join ourselves to the body of Jesus on the mission of Jesus. Amen? So we don't, like, it's okay to come to church because you're lonely, that's legit. That's okay. But like when we break down what church is, we're saying that this is the body of Jesus on the mission of Jesus. And the consistent byproduct over years of being this church is that when we get into this Jesus thing, start living his way, start taking some risks, start doing some complicated, difficult things together, man, oh man, do we find ourselves in the kind of fellowship that we've been looking for all along. Amen. All right. Now, I want to talk to you about the second concept, right? Collaboration and then honoring collaboration. Um, because, like, thinking of yourself more highly than you ought, right, it, it works itself out in a couple different ways. Um, there's a tendency for us to contribute what we think will be valued by other people rather than contributing who we are. Um, yeah, come on. We have a tendency to contribute what we think will be valued by other people, you know, so that they'll think highly of us, right? But collaboration is contributing who you really are to other people. And let me give an example of that. Like, uh, we think collaborate, right? It's about doing. It's about the missional purposes of Jesus. It's about doing, right? But real collaboration isn't about bringing what you do. It's about bringing who you are. It's about bringing who you are. And so it has, it has everything to do with, like, are you contributing in church your personality? God created your personality. Like, some parts of it maybe could use a little sandpaper, just like my personality. All right? That's legit. Okay? We're all on a journey. But your personality was created by God and put in you. Therefore, in the body of Christ, you need to bring your personality. If you withhold it, it weakens the body of Christ. Does that make sense? That you're not collaborating if you don't bring who you are, not just what you can do. Similar thing, right? 
all sorts of things. Your story, if you withhold your story from the body of Christ, the body of Christ this weekend, uh, so your personality, your story, your, your, your skills. I mean, the different job skills in this room blows my mind, the specialized knowledge that people have. It is right and good and appropriate for us to bring our job skills in and contribute them to the things that Jesus is doing in the world. That's good. That's collaboration. But wider than that, your spiritual gifts, right? The Bible says that the Holy Spirit gives spiritual gifts to each one of us for what? For building up the church. We're going to talk about it more in a minute. If we hold those back, then we weaken the church. And it requires a humility, right? So don't think more highly of yourself than you ought. But it also requires a humility to give other people the opportunity to not accept your gifts. Amen? Um, and I'll talk about one other aspect of self that we need to contribute. Um, it's just like our culture, right? We all, everybody has a culture. You might have a microculture from within the United States, right? But your culture is something you need to bring and contribute to the body of Christ. If you hold it back, the body of Christ is weakened. It's thinned out. Like, like a classic example, right? I was talking to someone just the other day about Miracle Mile ministry, right? So we're involved in um, some of what's going on in Mass and Cass and just trying to, trying to show up as a, as a church for that, right? And uh, someone was saying, oh, man, if only we had people who spoke Mandarin or Cantonese. I was like, I was like, surely we have people who speak Mandarin and Cantonese, right? And, like, that's a classic example, right? Speaking a language, it's who you are and also what you can do. Are you tracking with me? All right, so we're going to do, like, a little low-key hand raise, right? If you speak another language well enough to make someone feel welcome at church, I want you to just be like, low-key hand raise, look around, Okay. That's crazy, right? How many people just had their hand up if you like caught other people's low-key hand raised? All right? But if, if we're on a journey of being a multicultural family of Jesus in this room, that contribution has to come into play, Antioch. You can't go out and bury it in the yard. Y'all need to bring that in this space. Amen? All right. Don't bury your language skills in the yard. Put that on Instagram today. All right. <laughs> right, like only a third of y'all even have a yard. This is Brighton. All right. First Corinthians 14, 26 says this. What shall we say then, brothers and sisters, when you come together, each of you, seriously, literally each of you, each of you has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation Everything must be done so that the church may be built up, right? So this would be really kind of weird for new people, but what if we stood at the door and like the first 10 people who came in the room were the worship band every week? What? Why not, right? This is the biblical imagery of what we do at church, right? Each one, each one of you, when you come together, has a hymn or a word of instruction or a revelation or a tongue or an interpretation, that's the body of Christ. It's about what you do, but it's also about what God has invested in you, your gifts, your strengths, the things that no one else can contribute but you, right? So I'm going to talk about the Industrial Revolution. I don't know how that made it into my sermon, um, but we're going to talk about it. 
the Industrial Revolution, right, people began to get more and more specific about what their role was. And part of that was, like, churchy, professional churchy people became to be more around, right? Actually, that goes back to the Middle Ages. But this idea of, like, churchy people putting on church for everybody else. And there are major flaws in the assumptions there, right? Because the biblical model is that everybody brings what they have to make the body of Christ full of the Spirit of God and the presence of God and the work of God. Amen? All right? So our staff is great, um, but that's not enough. We have to, all of us, contribute what God's given us to this space. And right, what does it say? Everything must be done so that the church may be built up. Uh, it's not everything is done so that people have a great experience or that we look cool or that it feels cool. That stuff is just not worth it. Everything must be done so that the church may be built up because this church is the body of Jesus living out the mission of Jesus on earth. All right. And I just want to say to you, like, when you're new at church, you always think you're the only new person. There's like literally probably about 20 people in this room. It's their first Sunday. So look around. You don't know who they are because you're also new. Okay? <laughs> totally normal. But I also just want to say, the fact that you are new here doesn't matter. Your contribution still is a part of this thing. The, the thing that God has invested in you to contribute to the body of Christ is still needed. It's not proportional to how... Um, how thick your, your attachment is to this community. The fact that you're here means that you're a part of this thing. All right. So um, for the rest of the sermon, I want to talk about two things. Number one, what is our basis for, for claiming that collaboration is the Jesus way to live life and do ministry? And then I'm going to talk just briefly, like, what are the things that really sabotage us as individuals and as a corporate body from really walking in collaboration? All right, so um, let's think about Jesus for a minute. We ever talk about Jesus in here? All right, let's talk about Jesus. If there was one person ever who could really make the claim that they did not need any help, and they basically could be like, I've got it, I'm okay, surely Jesus, right? Jesus was a sinless man. He was perfect in every way. He was, it says, he was the fullness of God dwelt in him bodily, right? That's a pretty capable person right there, Jesus, right? But we look at the life of Jesus. He spent his whole life collaborating with other people. Almost the very first thing he does in ministry is find these 12 largely incompetent people to work alongside of him. If Jesus didn't work alone, what basis do any of us have to claim that we should work alone? And more than that, let's get an even bigger picture than just the life of Jesus, God himself and the nature of God. Now, this is something we do not talk about enough at church, but God exists as a trinity, okay? Um, God exists as a trinity. That means three persons in one God. God is one, a single God that we worship, but he exists in such a way that he has distinct persons within God. There's God the Father who made everything, who rules over everything, there's Jesus, God in human form on earth as a man. And there's the Holy Spirit, the real near presence of God who dwells in our hearts all the time, allowing us to understand and connect with God. All three of those are God. And the really cool thing about God 
is that God can interact with God, okay? Like when I'm sitting alone and trying to think something through, I talk to myself, but I'm only talking to myself. When God sits down and thinks something through, he like can legit get in there. You know what I'm talking about? In the Trinity, God delights in himself. Jesus giving glory to God. God enjoying the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit revealing Jesus more. Does that make sense? Inside of God, God delights being in God, three persons in one. And that is a collaborative space. All right? You look at what Jesus, you know, like if you look at the last couple chapters of the book of John, um, or even before that, right, earlier on in the life of Jesus in the book of Luke, Jesus says, I only do what, I, what my Father shows me to do. He's describing a collaborative experience, working with his Father. Last week, my father and I, my earthly father, my dad, he and I rebuilt the HVAC unit in my attic because it finally got less than 90 degrees, all right? We're collaborating, my dad and I. Jesus and his dad collaborated continually on earth. And Jesus said, what did he say about the Holy Spirit? He said that the Spirit will reveal to you everything about my father. Jesus is describing a collaborative relationship about the Holy Spirit and God. Are you tracking with this? Inside of God, there's a collaboration. Therefore, we can make no argument that doing it on your own has a place in the kingdom of God. All right. So why don't we collaborate? Why don't we collaborate? All right. So um, these are some reasons I, that sometimes come up for me, um, but often, more often they come up as excuses when I've asked people to collaborate. Um, the first one uh, is like, hey, I just need to really get this done in a hurry. I just don't have time. Um, I don't have time to collaborate. It's going to take too long. And um, I, I, I actually can't refute that. <laughs> like, I can't, I'm sorry. It does take longer. Doing it together almost always takes longer. It really does. I can't deny that. Um, um, but the only thing I can do to deflate that argument is to say that efficiency is not a biblical value. I mean, a couple of people are like, ooh, you're on thin ice, Pastor. Don't mess with me. <laughs> efficiency is not a biblical value. It's not. Jesus lived in an agrarian society. Efficiency was not the prime thing. If the Industrial Revolution, let's talk about the Industrial Revolution again, Lux. This idea, get it done as fast as possible, as much produced in as short a unit of time as possible, that's the value. Jesus didn't think that way, he didn't live that way, and he didn't teach that way. So when we make the church run that way, there's a problem happening. Efficiency is not a governing virtue in the body of Christ. Excellence is a value. That's a Jesus value, excellence, but efficiency is not. Alone is faster, but God is operating on the time scale of eternity, and faster doesn't matter that much to him. All right, let's look at another one, right? Um, it, there's a pride thing going on, too. I have pride. I don't know if any of y'all have ever experienced being prideful about something. Pride is a problem here. Pride keeps us from offering our gift. Pride keeps us from honoring the gifts of other people. Both ways. We have, we have an awesome gift, right? Like, 
some of y'all put up your like your like low key hand hand raise for something, um, right? You don't want anyone to know that you have that gift because you're worried it will be rejected. There's like a weird pride to that, but also a fear. And that's something that gets in the way of the honoring collaboration God wants to create in this room. The other one is, you know, like um, this idea like, I don't really need someone's help. I, can't, I am able to carry this out without help from someone else. And um, I just want to say that there's like, I, you know, like I, don't, I can't see in anyone's heart, but if you find yourself saying, I don't really need help with this, um, examine your heart and ask if it's really about pride or if it really is about getting it done. Um, so, like, I have a small business that I run. And, um, like, so examining my life, you know, pattern of, like, if I do things by myself, they turn out not that good. But if I have a team, I'm going to win. And I, like, at the time when I started it, I was, like, living in Andover, and it was just me and my little, little kids. And I was like, okay, we're a team. <laughs> we are going to start a business together. And the kids are like, okay, Danny. Can we go to the playground? Um, it, in general, is not increasing the efficiency of this enterprise to collaborate with my six and my eight-year-old. <laughs> but we're being together when we do it. I guess, in some sense, I don't need their help. But maybe I do need their help. We want to step into a place of boldness, right? Where we're willing to bring our contribution. We want to step into a place of honor where we express value for the contributions of other people. And here's the great thing about expressing honor. You can express honor for a contribution someone has not made yet. You can honor the potential of it. You can honor the fact that God invested it in someone and you can say that it is worthwhile, that it's valuable, that it has merit. And that's honoring collaboration in a nutshell, right? Um, and I just want to address one more concept here for us. Like, um, uh, we, we're really lucky. All of a sudden, like, within three weeks, we had three PhD economists um, show up at our church. I guess one of them is getting their PhD. <laughs> so now we can get, like, all our economics stuff sorted out in these sermons. Um, so, like, if, if you take an enterprise, right, like a company, and you figure out the net contribution of adding one more person to it called marginal, product, marginal production. Yay, technical term, okay? Marginal production. It's what one person contributes to a large thing. And you add up everybody's marginal contribution, and guess what you get? You get that whole thing. Everybody who works at Google, all their marginal production, you add it all up and you get everything that Google does. Everybody's contribution everybody's outcome. Ta-da, we figured it out, we solved it. I would like to claim something unique in this regard about the church. That if you added up everybody's marginal production, everybody's little tiny contribution to the group things that we're doing, I want to make the claim that it adds up to something more and all the little bits of contribution we bring to it. It's not just what I do plus what you do plus what they do. That's what we got. It's not just a human enterprise. 
We don't just add up and gather together everybody's human contribution and then get a human result. This is the body of Jesus. And when we bring our contribution, Jesus inhabits the body of Christ. It's alive. And when the life of Jesus is in something, it is more than a human endeavor. So I want to claim that the, the thing that happens when we all bring our gift to the body of Christ is beautiful, beautiful, heavenly. Might not be efficient, but it's heavenly. It's full of the life of Jesus. In fact, it might not also be perfect because we are imperfect. We're imperfect as a community. We're imperfect as individuals. You're going to contribute that too. But I'm going to make the claim again. That when everybody brings what they have to the body of Christ, something more than the sum of those human contribution happens. So I want to invite the band to come up um, and just address one more time the things that we as human beings can do to sabotage the beautiful thing that God is doing in the church. Sabotage is a little bit too unfair of a word. Um, but there are little things we do that get in the way of honoring collaboration. One of them is taking people for granted. It's a pretty passive thing to do, but it's easy. You, you benefit from somebody's contribution, but you take it for granted. I guess that's still a collaboration, but it's not honoring. So one of the things I want to call us to do this morning and this week and this year and forever is to just open your mouth and give a little bit of honor to somebody's contribution. And don't think about the upfront contribution that's easy for you to see. Think about the contributions that you don't notice and might already be taken for granted. Think about how you can use your mouth to give honor. Because you think about if Jesus is, is inhabiting a body as a church, what holds that body together? Well, relationships. Relationships are in large part what hold the body of Christ together. And one way, one simple way, we can strengthen that body of Jesus is by just giving a little bit of honor away. It doesn't cost you anything. Just speak it out. Hey, this contribution that you make, man, I'm thankful for that. Hey, this contribution that you could someday make, also valuable, right? Just honor. It doesn't cost you anything to give honor away, but it has a big impact, amen? Another thing that, that happens inside of us that can sabotage this thing that trying to do with Jesus is we write people off in two directions. We write people off saying, eh, this person's contribution is probably lame. That's a sin. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't let other people get away with doing that. But then the opposite of that too, right? That happens. Ah, these people aren't going to accept my gift. Psh, I'm not going to cast my pearls before swine at Antioch. No way. Ooh, right? We anticipate that our gift won't be accepted. That's a judgment too, isn't it? We need to live with a boldness and a humility. Here's another one. We can accidentally imply that certain personalities and types of gifts are more valuable than other ones. That's a problem. That's not how Jesus lived. You know, he didn't like go around Galilee looking at everybody's resume. He doesn't care 
what people's first I mean, he cares what people's personalities are, but they don't differ in value to him. Amen. So we don't we don't imply ever certain gifts or certain personalities are more valuable to others. And then another, it's a subtle way, is we we focus on our own needs being met. We focus on our own ego being exercised in this space rather than on giving who we are to the body of Jesus for the glory of Jesus. So think about it today. How can you use your words? Okay, you can also use your thumbs and like tap it out and message somebody. How can you honor the contribution of another person today? All right, not inflating their ego, but just saying that they matter. Here's another one. Like we talked about language and culture being a part of what is needed in the body of Christ. It's a needed contribution. Don't be annoying about it or awkward about it, but that is something that we must do as a people to walk in the multicultural fabric of the body of Jesus. Think about it. How are we going to value culture as something that must be contributed to this body for its flourishing? And some of y'all in this room, you need to get over the lie that you don't need help. I need help. I'm going to lead you in the way of admitting that you need help. Come up, come up and pray today. Admit that you need help. And the last thing, right, like collaboration. Collaboration isn't all of us trying to do something for God. It's all of us doing something with God. Amen. And so that's something in, in that today, too. If, if you're feeling in your work or in your spaces of ministry or in your family that you're just trying to do it all on your own and it's not working, I feel like Jesus wants to be your collaborator today. So as we worship and pray, I um, just want to invite you to engage with God in those ways. So I'm going to pray and, and then we'll, um, we'll worship together some more. Um, Jesus, it's so crazy what we're trying to do in this room. Um, if it were only human beings and only human contributions, we are so done. God, I don't see us succeeding in this enterprise at all. Father, we just say that we depend on you. We really do need your help. We need each other and we need you so bad. Would you come and inhabit us, Lord, in our imperfection? Would you come and help us to connect with one another in spite of everything? Would you give us a unity that's more than lip service? Would you help us to honor every single personality? In Jesus' name, would you do a beautiful thing in this room? We submit to you. invite you to stand. You're also free to come to the front of the room if you'd like to pray. Thank you.
softball team all at once was too complicated um, and so I just thought why don't we do what, what Christians have done since the very first days of Christianity which is to lift their voices all together now we have a band with like several full of very legit musicians but sometimes that's not the point right they're giving their gift but sometimes a beautiful thing happens when everybody's voice is lifted all together. When we sing in unison. And if you hold your voice back and you think, oh man, I don't have a nice voice. I sound like a frog. God made that voice. Amen. Who are you to say it shouldn't be sung out loud? And here's the thing that happens. I want everybody to sing and I want everybody to listen to their neighbor. I want you to sing and I want you to listen to your neighbor. If you judge your neighbor, oh man, you are in big trouble with me. 
I want you to listen to your neighbor. I want you to just lift up your voice. And you're just going to sing. I will put the words up on the screen. We're just going to sing. And we're going to sing in unison. And this is what it will feel like to be the body of Jesus all together. All right? We're going to sing. It's called the doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him above, ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him, above Amen again.